Hey there. In October 2019, a few days before Halloween, I visited the General Sessions Courthouse in Memphis, where lawsuits get heard, with the journalist Wendy C. Thomas. Wendy had spent a lot of time in that courthouse. Over the course of more than a year, she had documented how the biggest hospital in town had been suing thousands of patients over unpaid bills, including lots of its own badly paid employees. And Wendy's incredible work got results. When she published her story, that hospital had actually dropped thousands of cases and promised not to file new ones. That had been a few months before. But there were other hospitals, other medical groups still at it. So there were cases to see. Plenty of them. There was no recording allowed in the courtroom, but Wendy and I debriefed on the way out. Yeah, things were moving so fast, I was like, I don't think I could take notes this fast. We'll go out this door. Yeah. I was going to try to time how quickly he was moving through the cases, yeah. but, um, you know, probably less than 10 seconds, just, yeah, yeah, on per, average. yeah per case, per case. So. Even counting in the ones where people showed up. Yeah. Right, because this was the other thing. Lots of people don't show up to court. They may not be able to take time off from work, and they may figure it's hopeless, which honestly might not have been too far off base. The people who did come looked completely lost. I mean, not one of them had a lawyer. They were alone in a totally unfamiliar environment. And you know who was super at home in that environment? The lawyers representing the hospitals. These lawyers and the judge were basically colleagues. They'd been coming together in this exact room, week in, week out, for years. They didn't need to take time off from work to come here. For them, this was work. A day at the office. An easy routine versus the defendants who had no idea how things worked, what their options were, how they might mount a defense. A nonprofit group called Upsolve wants to help with that, to help people being sued over debts to get a little orientation, a little advice from folks like social workers, librarians, pastors. Upsolve wants to train those helpers. Except those helpers would be committing a crime. It's called the unlicensed practice of law. Even giving people a few pointers, helping them fill out a form before they go to court, a crime. You can go to jail. And so, Upsolve has filed a federal lawsuit asking a judge to say, if this is a crime, this little thing, giving people a few tips, it shouldn't be. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, you can probably see why. I really like this case. This is An Arm and a Leg, a show about why healthcare costs so freaking much and what we can maybe do about it. I'm Dan Weissman. I'm a reporter, and I like a challenge. So my job on this show is to take one of the most enraging, terrifying, depressing parts of American life and bring you a show that's entertaining, empowering, and useful. This one is about empowerment. We've been talking on this show for a couple of years now about our legal rights. You know, it turns out we have more rights than most of us know about. Most of us aren't lawyers, so we don't know about them, and mostly we can't afford to pay lawyers to enforce those rights. A lot of the time, that's like not having the rights at all. And this problem, access to justice, it isn't limited to disputes over medical bills or problems with insurance companies. Here's Upsolve's founder, Rohan Pavaluri. There's so many issues like 
when you need a divorce from an abusive spouse or a restraining order, when you're evicted from your home, when you need access to bankruptcy, if you can't afford a lawyer and you probably can't find a free one because there's not enough supply that's available, you are out of luck. Rohan has a super young overachiever story. He's in his mid-20s. He started Upsolve when he was in college at Harvard in 2018. In a TED Talk, because, yeah, he has a TED Talk, he tells the story of a young woman who faced overwhelming, unpayable debts and found out that a bankruptcy lawyer would cost her 1500 bucks. I mean, what a cruel irony. In America, it costs you $1,500 to tell the court that you have no money. Upsolve's big project so far has been a web tool that helps people file for bankruptcy without a lawyer. I've seen it described as TurboTax for bankruptcy, except it's free. You fill in some information, upload your pay stubs, your tax returns. The website spits out legal papers and you go file them yourself. Liz Gerardo used Upsolve in 2019 when a surprise medical bill threatened her family's already shaky finances. Liz had been a stay-at-home mom until her husband got laid off. She took a job and a few months later got a letter from the sheriff. It said there'd been a legal judgment against her in 2010. And now that she was earning wages, those wages would be garnished. Money would get pulled out of her paycheck and sent directly to whoever had sued her. And that really took me, you know, <laughs> it took me for a loop. What is this? Where did it come from? How could they not tell me about it until now? That creditor was an anesthesiologist? This was a surprise bill. I mean, she'd been insured and this was for $12,000. She figured it had to be from the birth of one of her younger kids, which would make it at least 10 years old. I don't even know if it was my my son or my last daughter. And I was like, this can't be happening to me right now. Liz had become her family's breadwinner, and that paycheck was already stretched. She was scared and she was mad. How are you going to come out of the woodworks and tell me, hey, this is yours? I mean, no. First of all, no. Bankruptcy seemed like her only option. And then I started to look for how I can go about it because, again, that costs money, too. But when Upsolve came up in a Google search offering free help online, she hesitated. You know, reading it, it sounded too good to be true. <laughs> so if it's too good to be true, you learn it probably is. But a month later, with another note from the sheriff and a month closer to having that money pulled from her paycheck, she figured she didn't have much to lose. I just went in. And I just started, you know, click, 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 typing away and putting all my bills in there. And the system sent her back legal documents with her information filled in. I printed everything out and I did all the filing myself. I went to the court. I was literally the only person without an attorney. And it worked. That was 2019. Upsolve says people have now used its website to discharge more than $450 million in debt. But Rohan says he always thought of the bankruptcy tool as just the start of a bigger project, addressing this access to justice gap. By mid-2021, he started thinking about what might be next. Debt collection is sort of one of the biggest areas of the law after traffic tickets that Americans experience. So a big target and a big injustice. I mean, look, like it's such a terrible problem that anybody can be sued for these debts, especially if you don't owe them. And then if you don't respond, you automatically lose. Like, what kind of system is that? how to intervene. Rohan says he had always liked the idea of training people who were already on the ground in communities. And around this time, one of his funders from the Robin Hood Foundation introduced him to somebody. This is Reverend John Oda Okun, the senior pastor of World of Life International in the Bronx, New York City. Reverend John describes his church as heavily involved with community outreach. They employ community health workers and social workers. They run a food pantry. He says a lot of the people they serve have a lot of debts they can't pay. 
So he asked Upsolve to come to one of the town hall meetings he holds on Saturdays. I said, listen, it's one thing for me to tell you what the people are going through. It's a different thing for you to come and sit down with the people and talk with them. So they did. The first time that Absolve came, they came with a team of lawyers for the town hall. And people were waiting to see them, waiting to talk with them, waiting to cry, you know, make their voices heard. He says the Upsolve lawyers found it overwhelming. And they came back, came to the food pantry, talked to people waiting online for food, offered one-on-one help. And then last fall, Reverend John says the folks from Upsolve floated an idea. They were thinking about training people like him, people like his social workers, to give people the same kind of help. They asked me, you know, Reverend John, you know, if we were to do this, would you be interested? I said, oh, my God, that's what I've been waiting for. But, of course, it would be illegal for Reverend John to actually give that kind of help. Reverend John says he knows of a local pastor who got busted for giving out legal advice. And that's how Reverend John and Upsolve came to file a lawsuit together in January of this year. They're suing New York's state attorney general, Letitia James, in federal court, asking a federal judge to say, hey, this thing that Rohan and Reverend John are planning to do, you can't prosecute them for that. The law that says they can't violates the Constitution. Coming up, the argument they're making and how all this might go right after this. This episode of An Arm and a Leg is produced in partnership with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit newsroom covering healthcare in America. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with the giant healthcare outfit, Kaiser Permanente. We'll have a little more information about Kaiser Health News at the end of this episode. So to understand the argument that Rohan and Reverend John are making in their lawsuit, it's important to know exactly what they're proposing to do because it is super limited. In New York, if you're sued over a debt, the court is supposed to send you a form. This is actually an attempt to make it simpler to fight back. It's a checklist of defenses. And some are straightforward, like, this is not my debt. I am a victim of identity theft or mistaken identity. But a lot of others are less clear, like, failure to mitigate damages, parenthesis. Plaintiff did not take reasonable steps to limit damages. Rohan is proposing to train people like Reverend John to sit down and go through the form with you. And the training actually includes a script with a question for each box. Like for the box that says, failure to mitigate damages, you're supposed to ask, Are there things the creditor could have done but didn't do that would have helped minimize their loss? One common example is where a tenant leaves a lease early and the landlord delays in seeking an alternative tenant. It is the landlord's burden in court to prove that it took reasonable measures to mitigate damages. And if the answer is yes, you tell them to check box number 14. I mean, that is useful, and it is very, very limited, which is the point. Here's David Udell. He runs the National Center for Access to Justice at Fordham University, and he filed an amicus brief in the case. Upsal's founder, Rohan, sits on his board. This lawsuit isn't about having a reverend in the South Bronx do a full trial in a civil court or defend somebody in a criminal court. This lawsuit is about that reverend being able to help somebody check some boxes on a court form. And as limited as it is, helping people check those boxes is technically giving legal advice, which only lawyers are allowed to do. Rohan's suit says, yeah, okay, that is technically giving legal advice. And it's also speech. Freedom of speech is protected by the First Amendment. And we're saying 
free speech protections in a U.S. constitution take precedence over state law in this specific case. To the degree that New York state law forbids this very specific, limited, useful speech by people who will be trained and supervised, by the way, the law is violating the Constitution. So briefs in Rohan's case actually make a big point of emphasizing how against the law this currently is. It's sort of counterintuitive that a brief might take the position that what Rohan's doing is prohibited, but that's actually making clear that it's important for the judge to rule in this case. Uh, you can't just blink at it and say, oh, it's not really the practice of law. It, it is. I love this nerdy stuff. But it's early days. As we record this, the defendant, New York Attorney General Letitia James, hasn't even filed her arguments in response yet. And then a judge will eventually make a ruling and maybe there'll be appeals. And then if Rohan and Reverend John win the case, well... These are state laws, and there are 49 other states. David Udell thinks a win here would be a big deal, very influential, but still. 49 other states. I mean, part of me hates this story because it shows what a big mountain there is to climb here. It's outrageous that millions of people get sued for debts, including sued for getting sick when the price of treatment is not affordable. There's nowhere near enough free legal help, but there's always a practiced lawyer on the other side. It seems like the very least we could ask is to allow pastors and social workers and librarians, say, to help people fill out a checklist. You get help filling out that checklist, you're still on your own to go compile evidence and arguments and go to court alone. And it requires mounting a federal lawsuit just to provide this minimal help in one state. I hate all of that. And yet, I do love that Rohan and his pals are doing this because legal knowledge is power. And we've been learning on this show, we have rights. They're not even always that complicated. One of my favorite stories we've ever done was about Shauna Burns, a 40-something mom from North Carolina who spread the word about some of those rights in a bunch of 60-second videos on TikTok. You might remember some of her advice. Like, for instance, a lot of the time, Debt collectors can't prove a debt is yours or that they have a right to collect on it. All right, guys, here's how to handle it anytime a collection agency calls you. Very first call, what you need to do, you need to say, I would like to request an itemized bill with every single charge, and I would like a copy of my original invoice or my original receipt with my signature. If they come back and they say, I'm sorry, we don't have that, you come back and say, well... Without that, you can't legally collect this debt, so I legally don't have to pay it. Have a great day and hang up the fucking phone. <laughs> Shauna heard back from people who said they went to court armed with that knowledge and got cases against them dismissed. Nerdy legal issue. No one's going to prosecute Shauna for the unlicensed practice of law because she's not giving individual advice. And as we learned when we covered Shauna, there are nuances to that defense. I would definitely want some individual advice if I could get it. So Rohan wants to train Reverend John and a bunch of other people to give that individual advice and to mount a fight for the right to do it. I mean, I hate that it's necessary, but I'll tell you what I love. I love they're going right at it. Some other efforts are taking what sounds to me like an even longer way around. Utah's Supreme Court has authorized some experiments with letting non-lawyers do more things, including in a couple of cases, helping folks being sued for medical debts. And don't get me wrong, I love that too, but it's taken years to get some of these experiments just up and running, and then they'll get evaluated, 
Can you imagine waiting for that process to play out and then trying to get 49 other states to allow the same thing? Me neither. So I love that instead of asking permission, Rohan and Reverend John are fighting for forgiveness in advance. Go fight. Coming up next time on An Arm and a Leg, our producer Emily Pisacreta brings us a story that started with a note from listener Mariel Moore. Mariel's got Crohn's. That's a chronic inflammatory bowel disease. So... Every time I go see my gastroenterologist, I get signed up for some sort of unpleasant diagnostic test of some sort. And so I usually try to avoid it as long as possible. Last time she went, she discovered something else unpleasant, a much higher bill than she was used to. The reason turns out to be private equity investors have been buying up gastroenterology practices in a big way. Or as one investor sells it, we are living in the golden age of older rectums. Next time on an arm and a leg, what happens when investors decide your butt is a gold mine? Till then, take care of yourself. This episode of An Arm and a Leg was produced by me, Dan Weissman, with Emily Pisacreta and edited by Marion Wang. Daisy Rosario is our consulting managing producer. Adam Raimunda is our audio wizard. Our music is by Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. Gabrielle Healy is our managing editor for Audience. She edits the First Aid Kit newsletter. This season of An Arm and a Leg is a co-production with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit news service about healthcare in America, an editorially independent program of the Kaiser Family Foundation. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with Kaiser Permanente, the big healthcare outfit. They share an ancestor, the 20th century industrialist Henry J. Kaiser. When he died, he left half his money to the foundation that later created Kaiser Health News. You can learn more about him and Kaiser Health News at armandalegshow.com slash Kaiser. Diane Weber is national editor for broadcast at Kaiser Health News. She is editorial liaison to this show. Also, our pals at KHN make other podcasts you might like. For instance, if you want the latest on the politics of healthcare, well, you may already follow What the Health hosted by KHN's chief Washington correspondent, Julie Robner. Every week, she brings together reporters from top outlets, you know, New York Times, Politico, CNN, like that, to break down the latest. That's at khn.org slash podcasts. Thanks to Public Narrative. That's a Chicago-based group that helps journalists and nonprofits tell better stories for serving as our fiscal sponsor, allowing us to accept tax-exempt donations. You can learn more about Public Narrative at www.publicnarrative.org. And finally, thank you to the hundreds of listeners who pitch in financially to keep this show going. Thanks to you. We won an Ambi Award last week. Yeah, baby. This is this year's best indie podcast. We're independent because you support us. If you don't happen to support us yet, we'd love to have you. Come on by to www.armandalegshow.com slash support. Thank you. 